0: Hello, hello, welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Live, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale.
1: And I'm Jim Ryan, and together we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, Jamie, I'm trying to reminisce a little bit. Mm, Reminisce away, Jim. Back to, what, March of 2020, just before the pandemic really set in here in Oregon. You and I, we
0: took a little trip. Yeah, I want to say it was like a week before the shutdown or a couple weeks. It was right, right, real close to it. And uh, Jim, you invited me to come along onto one of your video shoots for the Peak Northwest video series. Uh, where the plan was to visit as many waterfalls in the Columbia River Gorge as we could in a single day, sun up to sundown. And that was then at the uh, very end of winter.
1: The very end of winter. And we went out and we did that. Uh, no
0: masks, no hand sanitizer. It seems like the days of old. <laughs> it really does. It, it's uh, kind of weird to look back on it. And I think we're not just, we're going to be able to look back on it, but now uh, anyone can look back on it because that video is finally seeing the light of day.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we held on to this thing for a long time. We were like, okay, uh, well, a bunch of those waterfalls uh, closed down for a while. And we're like, well, we can't put it out there when the waterfalls are closed, all of them, or many of them, because that doesn't make much sense. They're like, well, it's the pandemic. Should we even be promoting this kind of activity? And we have come to the conclusion now that this brought a big smile to my face. Jamie, I know you got a kick out of watching it. Maybe it'll bring some other folks some joy as well to be able to see some of our gorgeous waterfalls in peak spring form and have a little bit of fun on our challenge of trying to see as many of them as we could in a single day, sun up to sundown.
0: This was a fun trip. So, uh, Jim, I was driving in, in the car, yes. and you were biking the entire time, cycling, from Vista House all the way to Starvation Creek. And so for you, it was a very physical, uh, sort of an endurance challenge, because on, on top of that cycling, we were then hiking, uh, must have been uh, you know 10 miles or so, if not more, throughout the course of the day. And while you were out there freezing on your bike, I was enjoying the seat warmers <laughs> of the car, enjoying the comfort, playing the little tunes. Uh, so it was a really different experience for both of us. Um, but I think definitely one that, uh, at least for you, seemed to be a great challenge to to undertake.
1: Yeah. So I'll back up a smidge. We just dropped this episode, Peak Northwest video episode at the end of November, kind of under the guise of like, yeah, you know. We're gonna finally, you know, brush the cobwebs off of this sucker, finalize it, and throw it out into the world. Uh, because it brought us joy, we'll bring hopefully some other folks some joy, but also because uh, it's a little bit of, at least for me, a, a reminder of the kind of adventures that are right in our own backyards, right? So we have all of these waterfalls, very like pretty close to us here in the Portland area, and. I wanted to scheme up a way to essentially, under my own power, visit as many of them as I could. And what was really nice is I was able to do that essentially supported and with friends by having you and our videographer colleague, Brooke Herbert, drive the car, uh, cheer me on, and throw a couple uh, cheers my way as well. Uh, <laughs> Here and there. But uh, as we're going through all of this, I think it's worth noting. Uh, hey, maybe there's something that uh, I can scheme up here in my neighborhood, in my city, in my, you know, region uh, that doesn't require a lot of travel. And it could be a fun challenge going into the winter months. So. All of that said, Jamie, the way we pulled this off was we met up in Portland and we drove up to Vista House. And once we got up to Vista House, you laid on me actually a bunch of really good Columbia River Gorge facts, Jamie, about how the gorge was formed, this and that. Uh, I mean, folks can watch the video, but uh, I learned a thing or two when you gave me that rundown. You mind sharing a little bit of what you told me when we were out there?
0: Yeah, I, the, the Columbia River Gorge is one of the most spectacular geographic formations in this region for good reason. It was formed by the uh, Missoula floods, which are these Ice Age floods, a series of them, that continuously came and sent just torrents of water out from that kind of uh, northern Montana-Canada border all the way down across eastern Washington and then cut across sort of some of these lava plains um, coming off of Mount Hood. And as it did, it, it carved out this river gorge uh, from what is today the Columbia River. And it rose up to, gosh, I think about 700 feet above where it's at right now. So when you're standing up there at Vista House and you're looking down, the pretty much the entire area below your feet was covered with water during the times of those floods. So this is what carved out that River Gorge. It's also what deposited a lot of the fertile soil into the Willamette Valley. Uh, it's the reason for a lot of the, you know, the reasons why we're here and why we love this area so much.
1: Wild to think about the visual, too, of 700 feet of vertical relief, basically, between yourself and the river. And to think that the river could rise that much. Absolutely wild and and a great visual of that in watching it, the video itself. Um so from where we set off at Vista House, we basically made a beeline down what is it? It's the historic Columbia River Highway if you say the full long name. And we set off for a number of waterfalls, the first of which uh Jamie lateral falls right off the road but to get there i had to go down this freezing bike ride uh well you uh you know calmly rubbed in the fact that you had some nice heated seats (laughs) and uh a good wind block there uh in our borrowed subaru yeah it it looked
0: pretty miserable out there for you jim (laughs)
1: not not my favorite portion of the day but things <laughs> warmed up uh over the course of the day and we had essentially mapped out uh like 14 15 16 different waterfalls or so that were available to us in i don't know Jamie how long of a stretch of road that is but between Vista House and uh Starvation Creek which is east of Cascade Locks and west
0: of Hood River How do we go about actually making this sucker possible? You know, it's interesting. Some waterfalls are just right off the side of the road that you can see as you drive or you can park in a parking lot and just step out and take a look. Some require a little bit of a short walk down a paved pathway. Some require longer hikes down dirt trails. Uh, You know, there's some trails that had three or four or five different waterfalls on them. So there's a number of ways to see some of these waterfalls, depending on how you want to go about it. The new historic Columbia River Highway State Trail, which is a paved pathway for cyclists and hikers, has a number of waterfalls visible just right off of that bike path. So, you know, we decided to kind of try to see all of these. So what our trip entailed was driving, cycling, obviously for you, Jim, Mm -hmm. hiking short paths, hiking longer trails. Uh, doing a little bit of everything to see all of these waterfalls. So, I mean, if you follow in in our footsteps, you can want to see just the ones you can drive to. There's still a lot there. If you want to have a big day of hiking, you can see a lot of them. Or if you want to bike the historic Columbia River Highway State Trail on that new bike path, there's a lot you can see along there, too.
1: Yeah, we did get a little bit of everything. I think that's a a good way to put it, Um, just kind of going west to east, if you will. Uh, the first two, right off the road, La Terrell Falls and Dell Falls, both destinations within their own right. Um, one of my favorites, just in terms of the flow, is the next one, Bridal Veil vale Falls. Uh, as you noted in the video, Jamie, presumably named because it looks somewhat like a bride's veil would. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> the only other time I had been there, and that was a guess, by the way, uh, not positive on that, but the only other time I had been there, I believe, is in uh, a really icy, snowy time of year. So it was fun to see that uh, kind of in its peak springtime form. Um, and I'd imagine if folks were to head back to that neck of the woods right about now, they would see it gushing again as well.
0: Yeah, that's the the reason we picked this time of year is because once you get all that rainfall or snowmelt a little bit later in the season, it really just makes those waterfalls flow. Some of these are going to be, you know, still flowing year round, but if you really want to see them at, like Jim said, at their peak, you want to go in that rainier season sometime. Of course, that also means going in sort of the colder time. So, Jim, I wanted to to ask you about this because I mean, doing a bike trip on that on the historic highway on the state trail sounds great in the summertime when you get that nice breeze coming in from the gorge. Why Why did you choose to do that during the cold? What was it that drove you to want to do that long bike ride on top of the hiking and everything else?
1: Well, I really enjoyed doing kind of human-powered adventure. So whether that's backcountry ski touring and kind of if you will, hiking your way uphill in order to ski down, or riding my bike on some big loop. Whatever it may be, I enjoy getting out there and maybe doing a little bit of the work myself. And I've driven portions of the historic Columbia River Highway before. I've been out there for work, I've obviously been out there for fun, and it's a new way to experience a landscape, traveling through it on bike rather than in a car. So I wanted to slow down a little bit, push myself a little bit uh, to combine kind of this big day of biking with still quite a bit of hiking too. And it really was kind of the exact challenge I was looking for. You know, we stopped off and hit a number of these waterfalls close to the road And then we jumped out on the Joaquina Loop, which is one of the more popular ones in the gorge, I would have to say. Basically going from the Multnomah Falls trailhead uh, or parking lot, looping uh, back west to Joaquina Falls and up and around uh, to the top of Multnomah Falls. Kind of the most grand display of them all, if you will. That was a longer hike, several miles And then hopping back on the bike again for some more stretches. It was just a really interesting way to see a lot, uh, push myself physically a little bit and uh, do things in a different way than probably most visitors to the waterfall corridor.
0: Yeah. Doing that bike tour of it is, you know, obviously requires some, you know, physical strength and experience and all that. uh, But it's a really, really cool way and different way to see the gorge that I know some people who are in the gorge who are working on that bike path, the estate trail, are really hoping that more people, I think, see the gorge in that fashion. Who can bike down the historic highway and then on this this designated paved trail. Um, they're still working on completing that trail. I believe they still have to blast a tunnel. Um, but the idea is that it will run essentially from Troutdale to Hood River and even beyond to the Dalles. So that's a huge huge attraction that will be completed, I think, sometime in the next probably couple of years that will allow people to do, Jim, what you're doing plus more, you know, maybe doing that and then um, stopping off at a campground and camping the night and continuing on the next day. Um, There's a lot of ways to see the gorge other than just driving 84 and stopping off at the places you know.
1: Yeah, I really appreciated the opportunity to you know, meditate on some of these landscapes a little bit, spend a little bit more time in transit than just driving through on 84, which, let's be honest, is the way probably the vast majority of people experience that neck of the woods. I really liked it. And like I've alluded to, it was kind of hard uh, in some spots I was definitely <laughs> I whooped by the end of the day there was a pretty big hill or two or four that uh, you know I was kind of hit with later in my ride that tuckered me out pretty good like you said it was cold um, but one note to any folks who are like oh yeah that sounds fun let's go ride bikes along uh, the waterfall corridor note that uh, anyone who's driven that corridor on the weekend, Would advise you that it's quite a busy place. And uh, by no means would I discourage you from riding your bike to a a popular destination like Multnomah Falls. But know that if you go on a weekday like we did, you're probably going to be a little bit happier with the amount of traffic and it's probably going to feel safer, uh, I would have to imagine.
0: Yeah. And for folks who want to just stick to that designated bike path uh, where there's not going to be any traffic, you might see a couple of walkers, but it's mostly going to be just other cyclists. If you begin at the Wyeth Campground, that'll take you, um if you go east from there, all the way out to Starvation Creek and a little farther. And that's a really nice ride right there. It takes you past a couple waterfalls um just right off the bike path. And there's some spectacular views looking up and down the gorge from that area.
1: Yeah, I enjoyed that portion of the ride a lot. I believe, Jamie, correct me if I'm wrong, that section of the state trail is new, right?
0: Yeah, they just over the last, uh, two or three years, they've been working on it. Um, but that portion that starts at Wyeth, um, and goes down to Starvation Creek, a lot of that was just opened. I want to say that was in 2018, 2019. Not bad.
1: Not bad. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, caught a, a few waterfalls off the side of the state trail there. Jamie, I guess we could rattle through our whole list and, and all of the notable waterfalls we did. Not really necessary. I think folks know mostly what is there, what's available to them. Uh, do you have any favorites of the bunch? I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot there. Favorite waterfall, like an individual waterfall? An individual waterfall, oh, a, a
0: collection of waterfalls, um, anything like that. You know, the we mentioned it already, but I'm going to say it again. Um, the Joaquina-Multnomah loop that goes from Joaquina Falls to Multnomah Falls is, I mean, it's spectacular. Um, you know, it's about five miles round trip, but I mean, you hit Joaquina Falls, which is gorgeous, and Fairy Falls, which is lovely. Mm-hmm. And you hit um, a, another trio of smaller waterfalls, Dutchman Falls, Wise and Danger Falls, before coming to the top of Multnomah Falls. And you can kind of hike down and um, look at the base of Wiltnoma Falls too. I will say that that loop is right now, it's not entirely open. Um, after the coronavirus, they shut down um, the part of that loop that goes from the base of Multnomah Falls uh, around to the bridge and up to the Larch mountain trail. That is all closed right now. So you can do the Joaquina part of it and see Joaquina Falls and Ferry Falls and go up Uh, To the point where it meets the Larch Mountain Trail, but otherwise, that nice section at the end is currently closed. But when that does reopen, I'd recommend going out there and checking it out. If you haven't yet, it is just one of the most spectacular hikes in the gorge.
1: And it's a good time, probably, to note as well before you go out and do much of anything in the gorge or elsewhere, check ahead, call up the local land managers go online, do your research, make sure where you want to go is actually open. One of the reasons we held on to this video episode for quite some time was, you know, him and Han about, well, if stuff's closed along the route, do we want to encourage people to get out there? The message is, of course, do your research, uh, check in with the folks managing the land, and make sure you're not going to be disappointed
0: when you actually arrive. As we're recording this here towards the end of November... Uh, Waclella Falls is also closed right now. Um That's one of the places we went to in the video. Just keep that in mind. And Jim, like you said, uh, just you want to make sure you check before you go pretty much anywhere these days.
1: That's the spirit, Jamie. Well, I want to hear a little bit more about some adventures that we can scheme up close to home. But first, why don't we take a short break? All right, folks, we are back talking about an adventure Jamie and I took right before the pandemic set in in earnest here in Oregon, uh, going to visit as many waterfalls as we could in the Columbia River Gorge in a day. That number ended up being officially 16 waterfalls. But it begs the question, Jamie, uh, what if you've already kind of gone and seen most of these? Where else can you go and see a bunch of waterfalls uh, in rapid succession here in Oregon? Is there
0: anywhere like that? Yeah, I mean, the Silver Falls area comes to mind immediately. I mean, Silver Falls State Park has the Trail of Ten Falls, uh, where you can see 10. Um, I think there's a bonus 11th in there somewhere, too uh, on a nice loop hike. And that's, I, I think one of the best hikes in the Oregon state park system. It's one of the best hikes in Oregon and it's just, you know, not too far away in Silverton. Uh, there's also uh, some several other smaller waterfalls that are in that area. I'm not sure though with the fire damage, if those are burned, if they're open, um, Shelberg falls is one of those that I think was in the fire area. And there's a few more around that area, so that's an area I'd probably say wouldn't I'd not recommend people explore outside. Yeah. But Silver Falls itself, I know, um, and the, the waterfall corridor there was not affected by the fires, so that's a great spot to go if you want to get your waterfall fix and just get a bunch in one day.
1: Probably the easiest way to see a lot of waterfalls. Totally. Um, and- and and the other uh, obvious destination, of course, is going out to the Coast Range. Though I'll say that requires a lot more work. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're not going to be able to go and hit ten, sixteen. You'd have to work very, very hard to loop together. You know, more than a few in a day. And for any folks who are interested in maybe heading out to the Coast Range, going to check out some maybe less trod waterfalls or waterfalls that are new to you. We did a whole podcast about it. Jeez, uh, Jamie, it would have been probably back in the springtime. <laughs> time is so relative. I've said that before on the podcast. I don't remember exactly when that was. But yeah, we did a whole podcast about coast range waterfalls and how to pick some of the best ones.
0: Yeah. You know, Jamie, when it comes to finding these adventures kind of close to home, I, I love this idea of what you did with the, the bike and the hiking in the gorge. It's this idea of like, you know, here's some some hiking trails. Here's some other options of, of linking together these outdoor activities, and turning sort of several closely adjacent smaller adventures into one bigger adventure. So I'm wondering, I mean, do you have any of these kinds of other adventures that you've been scheming up of maybe close to home, um, making these big adventures that are just right out your back back door? I mean, one
1: very obvious option would be linking uh, a number of our kind of local uh rocky butte mount tabor powell butte uh those kinds of places in one big human powered adventure so whether that's riding your bike or doing some of it on foot uh that would be one that i would be excited about doing kind of hitting a bunch of local landmarks um maybe scheming some sort of like urban socially distance relay you know a la uh-huh. hood to coast Minus the crowds, minus the many teams, but that'd be something fun you could do with your friends. Uh, You know, linking up some of your favorite urban trails, maybe with a bike in between. I mean, really, if you think outside the box, there are lots of options as to what you could do uh, just for us here in the Portland area or close to home, wherever home is for you.
0: Yeah. Speaking of urban trails, and I will say I love that Rocky Butte, Mount Tabor, Powell Butte. It's kind of like the extinct volcano tour of Portland. Uh I love that. I think I think that's something that um we should definitely do at some point. That's super cool. Um, but one of the um urban trails that I think it's overlooked in Portland, um, that I really am a big fan of is the Markham Trail. Huh. So I mean we, we all know the the Wildwood Trail that runs through Forest Park and beyond. Um, but you can actually link the Wildwood Trail to the Markham Trail and go all the way down to the Willamette River. So this is a really cool hike. If you started at the Willamette River at Willamette Park, it runs, uh, I want to say it's about five, five and a half miles up through Washington Park uh, to the start of the Wildwood Trail in Forest Park. Um, and then if you want, you can go the entire length of the Wildwood Trail. How long is that, Jim? You ran that. Uh, 30.2, if <laughs> okay, I understand so correctly. You can add, you know, another 30 miles to your five and a half um, and that's a huge adventure right there, you know. But what I did is just kind of a, a Willamette Park through Washington Park and turned around for an 11 mile day. And that's a really cool trail. And it takes you on some, you know, some sidewalks, some neighborhood roads, um, a couple of shorter, diceier areas when you're kind of on the shoulder of the road. But it's a really cool trail that links up, you know, uh, Washington Park and you can get to Forest Park. You know, you can pass by the monuments and, you know, the Oregon Zoo area um uh, council crest you, you know it just takes you through so many beautiful areas mm. there in southwest portland you're basically just going park to park to park so that's one i i highly recommend to anyone who's looking for a little bit more adventure in the city
1: and quite a good climb might i add going up yeah uh, to the to council crest area that's a no joke uphill section
0: yeah you know it's it's a great little hike um going through, through Markham Nature Park to get up to Council Crest is one of my favorite little hikes um, in the city. And yeah, I mean, of course, adding that that mileage up there and then adding everything else to it just makes it so much more of an adventure.
1: In this day and age, you know, it's great to be able to scheme something somewhat local, but still adventurous and fun. So if there's anything that I would like folks to take away from this video episode and this podcast, mind you, is hey, uh, maybe you don't need to go on the biggest, grandest, farthest away adventure. You can pick something close to home that if you think outside the box a little bit, uh, you'll probably be able to scheme up something pretty fun.
0: I like that, Jim. I like that. I think that's a really good lesson to take into these times as we're staying closer to home this season.
1: You've got it, Jamie. Well, you can watch that video and all of our other Peak Northwest videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on oregonlive.com travel. Please leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show, and if you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details, of course, at oregonlive.com podsupport This episode of the show is produced by me, Jim Ryan,
0: alongside Jamie Hale and Elliot Noose. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this, 10 Seconds of Zen.